The truth lives. Political bombshell, starring Rishon Blyden. You know, I've been hearing more and more about a thing called fake news. Fake, fake news. I've seen people destroyed, and I think it's very unfair. Some of the media outlets that I deal with the fake news. Fake, fake news. I think it's a disgrace. An absolute disgrace, but I don't think they care. Well, first of all, one of the reasons I'm here today is to tell you the whole Russian thing. That's a ruse. That's a ruse. I own nothing in Russia. I don't have any deals in Russia. Russia is fake news. I just see many, many untruthful things. The press has become so dishonest. The public doesn't believe you people anymore. You have a lower approval rate than Congress. You know, I've been hearing more and more about a thing called fake news. Fake, fake news. I've seen people destroyed. And I think it's very unfair. Some of the media outlets that I deal with the fake news. Fake, fake news. I think it's a disgrace, an absolute disgrace. But I don't think they care. I'll tell you something. I don't mind bad stories. I can handle a bad story better than anybody as long as it's true. But I'm not okay when it is fake. It's all fakeness. I mean, it's a story after story after story. We're not gonna let it happen again. The public gets when I go to rallies. They want to throw their placards to CNN. Here's the thing: I want to see an honest press. I want to see an honest press. I want to see an honest press. It's so important to see an honest press. I want to see an honest press. I want to see an honest press. But our nation's reporters will not tell you the truth. So I'll go over just some of them. MSNBC. You are fake news. The New York Times. You are fake news. CBS, NBC, ABC, BBC, LA Times. You are fake news. The Washington Post. You are fake news. CNN. Very fake news. Politico. AP. Hotball. Buzzfeed. Failing pile of garbage. You know, I've been hearing more and more about a thing called fake news. Fake, fake news. I've seen people destroyed, and I think it's very unfair. Some of the media outlets that I deal with the fake news. Fake, fake news. I think it's a disgrace. An absolute disgrace, but I don't think they care, 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 care. Good morning. I'm here to give you an update on the FBI's investigation of Secretary Clinton. What I want to do is tell you what we're recommending, but first, let me tell you what we found. 110 emails, 52 email chains have been determined to contain classified information. What difference at this point does it make? Eight of those chains are top secret. 36 of those chains are secret. And eight contain confidential information. What difference at this point does it make? Everything I did was admitted. There was no law, no regulation. Secretary Clinton should have known that an unclassified system was no place for that conversation. I did not email any classified material to anyone on my email. None of these emails should have been on any kind of unclassified system, not even Gmail. But first of all, nothing was marked classified. To the contrary. Nothing was marked classified. There is evidence nothing was marked classified. Now let me tell you what we found. Oh my gosh. 110 emails. It was not the best choice. 52 email chains. It was a mistake. have been determined to contain classified information. What difference at this point does it 
the best choice. Six of those chains separate was a USA. Eight contain confidential information. What difference at this point does it make? With respect to our recommendation, this is going to be an unusual statement in at least a couple of days. Although there is evidence, our judgment is that no reasonable prosecutor would bring such a case. <laughs> I know there will be intense public debate. I know there will be intense public debate. I know there will be intense public debate. Public debate. What difference at this point does it make? 110 emails. It wasn't the best choice. 52 email chains. I made a mistake. Have been determined to contain classified information. What difference at this point does it make? Eight of those chains were top secret. Six of those chains. I said it was a mistake. And eight contain confidential information. Welcome, welcome to Pillow Club Bomb Show. I'm your host, Rayshawn Blyden. Today we're going to be talking about fake news. We're going to go over fake news from September 18th and older. And you're going to find out that some of these credible sources, or so-called credible sources, are the ones that's actually putting out fake news so <clears throat> let me clear my throat and let's get started shall we legacy outlets add two more botched hit pieces to pile of stinky reporting on trump legacy outlets add two more botched hit pieces to a pile of stinky reporting on trump and this was dated september 18th 2018 the Washington Post and New York Times each completely botched a hit piece on Trump administration in recent weeks as a result of shrinking basic journal journalism standards <clears throat> okay let's see what the that is all about let's see Chuck Todd accusations that conservative outlets are to blame for the public's growing lack of trust in the media was still in a steaming pile on the ground when two of America's biggest papers had to scramble their way to corrections this week. <clears throat> Both the New York Times and Washington Post have to perform reconstructive surgery on stories critical of the Trump administration. The botched reports indicate a different cause for the public lack of trust in the media. A years-long trend of exaggeration and flat-out false reporting on Trump the Washington Post reported in last August that the Trump administration is cracking down on passports at the border. Con in contradiction to official government statements and other publicly available facts, that story is still unraveling. And last week, the New York Times falsely framed Nikki Haley as responsible for an expensive curtain purchase that was in fact made by the Obama administration. Both outlets overhauled 
the stories and issued lengthy corrections. In both cases, journalists shrinked reporting standards as basic as reaching out to key players in the story or putting the facts in their proper context. The, to exemplify the trend of bad reporting that has come to mark the established outlets wagging open, waging open war on Trump and is no doubt fueling distrust in the media, perhaps to a greater extent than the establishment press would like to admit. Let's go through two reports one by one. <clears throat> the Washington Post is standing by its August 29th report that the Trump administration is cracking down on potentially fraudulent passports, although it is marked by a stunning number of reporting failures detailed most thoroughly by the Huffington Post on Monday. Reporters and editors on the story got facts wrong, misled readers, left out key data contradicting the premise of the article, and failed to reach out to the family of the deceased man accused of fraud in the story. The initial story claimed the Trump administration is taking unprecedented actions against thousands of Hispanic people living near the southern border suspected of having obtained false U.S. birth certificates. It was based largely on anecdotal evidence from immigration lawyers working in the area who said they are seeing a surge in the number of passports under scrutiny. Within hours of its publication, a Slate reporter pointed out the practice of denying passports to people issued birth certificates from midwives suspected of fraud began under George W. Bush administration and continued through the Obama administration. The story was correct August 31st to reflect this error. The story also asserted that Trump administration is newly targeting people delivered by Texas doctors suspected of fraud. But Huffington Post reports that practice also predates the administration. After the State Department released numbers contradicting the story's premise a few days after publication, editors added a new claim that the Trump administration was newly denying passports to people living far from the border. <laughs> this is a lot to read, but you get the idea. Oh, let's just scroll down. One day, the same Washington Post issued its third correction to this story. The New York Times published a hit piece on Nikki Haley that was problematic in the less complicated way, but more brazen in its disregard for the basics of reporting. So, 
Um, it's not surprising to me. Not surprising to me at all. So let's continue on down the list. <clears throat> Overhyped and completely fake summer stories from LGBT media outlet. This one was dated September 14th. Let's see what's going on there. So, the media often exploit modern readers short attention span by using eye-popping headlines that fail to represent the context of the story. Sadly, this practice seems to be growing in popularity throughout LGBT media and advocacy groups. And one of the major consequences of this exploitation is emotionally ma manipulating, manipulating, and even entirely misleading LGBT people who rely on these sources. Here is a closer look at the accuracy of several summer LGBT headlines to illustrate what, what is the constant trend. New GOP bill would ban flying of pride flag at U.S. Embassy. Well, in the Washington Blade. The article begins by asserting a Republican lawmaker is in the United States House has introduced legislation that appears to be aimed at barring U.S. Embassy from flying the pride flag in recognition to the LGBT community. Only further into the article does the author clarify that the lawmaker introduced the bill to prohibit the flying of any flag other than the United States flag. Unbelievable. Unreal. Even though the article quotes the American Civil Liberties Union admitting that they do not believe the rainbow flag is specifically targeted, they continue on to assert that they are certain a desire to prof to prohibit the rainbow flag is the motivation behind the ridiculous new law. Unreal. <clears throat> Unreal. The people are people are, have too much short attention span and this is why media get it gets in the way with this because they put an outrageous headline and people get all oh you dear and they don't read anything else. Then they go, Oh, did you see that Johnny? Did you see that Mary? And they don't even read the whole thing. And it's done purposely. And people are stupid enough to fall for it every time. It's called clickbait. Next, we have one that says, Teen excels high school despite being kicked out by parents after learning he was gay. This was in Attitude UK. Seth Owen is an 18-year-old high school who recently became an LGBT symbol of resistance. To bigotry and symbol of hope for young people seeking to escape their unaccepting families. The story, however, is not as straightforward as the headline would have readers believe. 
Owen was 15 years old when his father discovered images on Owen's phone that strongly indicated the young man was gay. After confronting Owen about the images, his parents sent him to a counselor. An action that Owen believed was intended to make him straight. The counseling sessions didn't last long and Owen continued living with his parents for several years while attending school, holding down the part-time jobs and participating in many extracurricular activities. When he was 18 years old, Owen and his father got into a dispute over the family policies of attending church. Owen disapproved of the conservative views his parents, Baptist Church, expressed and no longer wished to attend. His father told Owen either he would attend church with everyone in the family or he needed to move out. Owen chose the latter, moving in with a friend. So see, he moved on his own. He was given the ultimatum because when you live on your parents' roof, you have to do as they say, or you move out. So he chose to move out. So that's headline saying that teen excels high school despite being kicked out by parents because they learned he was gay is a lie. That had nothing to do with it. He was kicked out because he was told he's going to attend church with the rest of the family or he can live somewhere else. He chose to live somewhere else, so they didn't kick him out. He left. Okay, let's go with another one. A woman breaks into gay man's home, forces him to watch her perform sex act as example of how to behave. This is in some paper call queerty. Okay, so while this article intentionally appears to be a report about a homophobic couple attempt, attempting to shame a gay man in a disturbing manner, the actual story is far more serious. The incident occurred in New Zealand in 2016 when a woman, Laura Jean Landon, along with two unnamed men, used the app Grinder to convince a gay man to meet, to meet them under the false impression he would be hooking up with another gay man. The three rang his doorbell and immediately began threatening him with a bat and a gun. They shouted homophobic slurs, broke his belongings, and engaged in sexual acts in front of him. They also sexually assaulted the victim, forcing him to perform oral sex on both male attackers. The attackers then ransacked his home and stole his credit cards, cash, jewelry, even his car. Landon was sentenced to four and a half years in prison for participating in the assault. The other two assault assailants were not mentioned. Strangely, rather than emphasizing the seriousness of the violent crime, the publication chose the far more ridiculous angle of headlining a single homophobic act fitting a narrative of ignorance and bigotry. Another headline from a different publication here. It says, DOJ touts anti-LGBT views 
Task Force at Religious Freedom Summit from the Washington Blade. On July 30th, Attorney General Jeff Sessions announced the creation of the Religious Liberty Task Force designed to protect the religious freedom of all Americans. The article in question, however, failed to indicate how the DOJ had touted anti-LGBT views. Instead, it merely mentions one example session listed in reference to the sum the Supreme Court ruling on the Masterpiece Cake Shop. The majority of the article goes on to speculate that the message behind the speech in one of unhindered anti-LGBT discrimination under the guise of religious freedom. Unreal. Another article. The headline says, The religious right appears intent on criminalizing gay sex again. This is from the Huffington Post. Written by Michael Michael Langelo and uh, he's a Huffington, Huffington, he's the editor at the large of the Huffington Post Queer Voices. This piece largely consists of speculation that Brett Kavanaugh confirmation to the Supreme Court would not only lead to the end of same-sex marriage, it would allow states to once again ban sodomy. Okay, and oh, there's a lot more stories, man. You LGBT, you write a lot of stuff that's not, that's so misleading, don't you? The State Department is retaliate, 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 uh, the State Department is retaliatively revoking passports for trans citizen LGBTQ nation. The particular article is notable because within a day or so of the publication, the title of the article was changed to read Advocates Say Fears About Trans People Passports Are Overblown. Nevertheless, the original tweet and URL still reflect the above initial headline. <laughs> Unbelievable. And one one more. The need for honest reporting. As always, when dealing with people who believe they are routinely targeted for violence, hatred, and even government, how come they don't they don't write anything about the um, the extreme Muslim who was throwing gays off a building? How come they don't write about stuff like that? Okay, I'm done reading this. I don't want to read any more of that. Done with that stuff. There, done, finito, done. I am done, finito, done with that. Okay. What else do we have here? Anything? Okay, so let's go to Los Angeles Times. This speaks out about 300 anti-Trump editors. Okay, let's continue here. Los Angeles Times speaks out about 300 anti-Trump editors. The idea is of joining together to protest him seems almost to encourage that kind of conspiracy thinking by the president and his loyalists. The Los Angeles Times has decided not to join 300 other newspapers in publishing an editorial in opposition to Donald Trump's habit of calling members of the news media fake news because it could prove President's point that the media are a monolithic cabal. In the post published earlier, 
Thursday morning, the Los Angeles Times explained its decision not to answer the Boston Globe's call to publish editors decrying Trump's frequent attacks on the media. Here is what they wrote. The president himself already treats the media as a cabal, enemies of the people. He has called us, suggesting over and over that we're in cahoots to do damage to the country. The idea of joining together to protest him seems almost to encourage that kind of conspiracy thinking by the president and his loyalists. Why give them ammunition? to scream about collusion. Makes sense. Calling for all members of the media to all say exactly the same thing in opposition to Trump, whose entire fake news stick is based on the fact that the media monolithically opposes him and all repeating the same thing. Seems like a losing strategy to convince skeptical Americans that the press is not all in bed together when it comes to resistance the Trump administration. Yeah. Alrighty then, what else do we have to support the fake news edition of Political Bomb Show? Can Silicon Valley fix their free speech problem? This was cited August 14th. Okay, it says here, Elizabeth Dwoskin, the Washington Post Silicon Valley correspondent, has been following the issues tech companies and are facing with free speech on how users view the platforms. It's a really hard question. How history will judge these powerful technologies and the kind of expression that they enable, Dwoskin said. You can't turn the clock back on the fact that anybody can broadcast and what that has done. Okay. Okay. Anna Navarro defends CNN as very balanced. If, if I. <laughs> oh boy, if it wasn't so laughable. Okay, whatever. I wonder if she said that with a straight face. It's. Anna Navarro got in a yelling match with Megan McCain on Friday's episode of The View. Who watches that? After McCain pointed out the liberal bias of CNN. Navarro, who is frequent CNN commentator, admittedly defended the cable news, cable, cable news channels, balanced reporting. McCain was discussing the phrase enemy of the people, which President Donald Trump frequently uses when referring to the media outlets. I don't agree with that terminology because I use the word enemy for things like ISIS, for people that are trying to inflict harm on the United States of America, McCain said, but I will say when you are talking about media coverage and liberal media bias, it's something that's real and really exists. Stormy, Stormy Daniels attorney Michael 
Avenatti, who was also at the table, injected that Republicans have a station that's dedicated to their propaganda, referring to Fox News. McCain rebutted that the Democrats have CNN. Navarro, an anti-Trump Republican strategist, rebutted that CNN tries to be very balanced. CNN has commentators on like me, and every time I'm on, I'm on against somebody that is defending Trump. Navarro and McCain went back and forth, talking over each other and arguing what networks and journalists do or don't have media bias. Okay, so I'm I'm not gonna read any more of that when I'm done with that. Next, what do we have on the list here? No, the Trump administration didn't oppose breastfeeding at the World Health Organization. Okay, what is this all about? A front page news Front page New York Times article claimed that at the World Health Assembly in May, the United States opposed a resolution to encourage breastfeeding. U.S. opposition to breastfeeding resolution stuns World Health official. Other media outlets picked up on the story of Trump administration versus breastfeeding mothers. Here's an example. CNN said U.S. threatened nations over breastfeeding resolution. NBC said report that U.S. suppressed breastfeeding resolution daily beast u.s stuns world using blackmail to oppose international breastfeeding resolution usa today same garbage the narrative was set but was it true president donald trump argued it was fake news a tweet from him says the failing new york times new fake news story today about breastfeeding must be called out the u.s strongly supports breastfeeding but we don't believe women should be denied access to formula many women need this option because of malnutrition and poverty the New York Times reported mirrored sweeping blah blah blah. So what did happen? Every two years, the World Health Assembly convenes and discusses public health issues. In 2016, a proposal was discussed that would extend bans on marketing formulas and other supplemental nutrition. Cut to 2018. When some delegates wanted to re revisit the issue of limiting the marketing on non-breast milk options for mothers, re reopening some of the contentious debates in 2016. Okay, yeah, I'm done with that. It's enough of that. And what else do we have? Journalists blame fake news for shooting claim criticism is now off limits and it goes on and on and on and it just doesn't stop you know it's just unfortunate just unfortunate uh what else do we have five ways eu regulations will make an internet with one neck ready for one leash um, let's see all these fake stuff. The internet has brought us one of the greatest expansions of the free flow of information in history. So naturally government bureaucrats think that this has to be stopped immediately in unaccountable bureaucrats getting their way. It's hard to beat the European Union. Hence Wednesday's 
primary vote on a set of EU internet regulations that includes calling or calling wait that includes something called article 13 this is a measure to enforce copyright protections but it's drawn so it's drawn it's overboard basically it's, it's gone overboard so you know like the old adages, give them an inch and they'll take a yard. Give a yard, they'll take a mile. That's how it is. A podcast says, why have consumers lost trust in the media? Trump's mischaracterized MS-13 comments are one breath in a hurricane. Okay, you know, oh, that's it. I'm not reading anymore. The fact of the matter, we know that news, there's lots of fake news out there. So you just have to do your due diligence and... Do your own research and don't believe the hype. Don't believe everything you read. Research, research, research. Don't believe everything you read because you're gonna fall into the trap if you believe everything that you read, if you believe everything that you watch, that you listen to. You gotta do your research, your opposition research. You have to do it. Yeah, but Mr. Blighting, I don't have time for this. Well, make time or listen to several, several you know news about it or read several stories then make an informed decision you just can't jump on the bandwagon because you know that you're not gonna win that way you're not you're really not so you should really do the, do your best to find credible articles like if you believe that cnn is telling the truth look it up and read other agencies or uh, you know that's talking about the specific story and see if, if everything matches out, if everyone is basically on the same page. And if not, then you probably have a problem. And so it would be time to turn off this notion that you can get news from a one credible source. Because those days are over. There's no longer one credible source. No more. There's no more. I won't let you listen to this anymore. Until tomorrow. Oh, baby, come on, so come on, people, let's go.